Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jerry. I'm Patrick. That's sound guy, Joe. Hi. And that's our co-host, Tatum. Hello. Join us. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Razzle Dazzle, something that I've been waiting for for a long time. We've all been waiting for for this a long time. This one's been a bit, yeah. <laughs> We've been having to push it back like frequently, like for almost two months now. So audience, sit back. Relax. If you're listening to us on Eagle Radio Live, you'll be able to enjoy the sweet, sweet music from this game. Let us drift on this episode on Hyper Light Drifter. What a game. Like, this is one of those indie games that came out forever ago that, like, you're not really expecting. Forever ago. <laughs> it's like 2016. 2016. Yes. It feels like forever ago. You're so right. It came out in an age where you're not really expecting games to be good. Yeah. Um, I think now, I, I mean, at least me personally, I feel like I have such a high bar for everybody. Um, even, But, like, this was, like, at the time where even indie games, like, mm. you just weren't, you were just expecting a game from an indie game company. Mm-hmm. Never really something that was like, whoa. And then this game is one of those few indie games that make you go like, whoa. And yeah, I see what you mean. Like It hit different. When you went, or not now, because, okay, at that time, like mid-2000s, uh, when you hear this was an indie game, a lot of people's reaction are like, oh, Ugh. so like, there's not that much of a budget. There's shortcuts. It's not really a finished game, right? I mean, sometimes that's the case, sure. But um, when this came out, when this came out around this time, we started to see, oh wow, the indie developers actually have, or when indie developers actually have a good following, a good um, support system, something beautiful can come out of it and Hyperlight Drifter is calling it beautiful is an understatement oh yeah and th- this was also like there were games before that, like indie games mm, before this mm-hmm. that still nailed down what they needed to sure. do um, but I think what set apart Hyperlight Drifter for me personally is how like it did it its own thing oh my and god. succeeded massively <laughs> oh my god this isn't like other games that it's like Usually, not necessarily I was like when I started playing the game I was expecting text box dialogue scenes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, like RPG level up mechanics. Mm-hmm. And we get that to a degree, but not like to the dominating nope. degree that you would expect out of a game like this. Nope. Um, quick. Who? I know we played. Have you guys played? No, I, I have play. not. No. Yes, you can. I, it's I on know. everything. It's on the Switch. The best version of it is on the Switch. That's Okay. Okay, so you can. You don't have an excuse other than money. Even though it's like, what, 20 bucks? It's super cheap, yeah. It's a really cheap game. It's on sale often, too. You didn't play it? No, I have not. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, We can't say spoilers because the story is all up to our interpretation, which I absolutely love that's that, that is the thing like my big thing about this game mm-hmm. is that the it's all with a tiny bit of exception environmental storytelling yeah and what isn't environmental storytelling you could still learn from the environment anyway yeah. because the game isn't going to tell you that there was a massive uh, uh 
underground tech civilization, right. but one of the first times you go in down one of these elevators, and then it's just a ma- one is like a massive library, mm-hmm. and then you move on to like uh, these like rooms full of like machines and tech, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, there was a world here, yeah, and then something happened, and yeah. you get to kind of like as you hop between each place, if you take the time to like look in, see what happened, you can build the story of like what happened to these places, mm-hmm. or. You can just have fun killing monsters, right. which is also something amazing about this game. It doesn't force you to stay a part of its story. It's like we have a story. If you are perceptive enough, you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can understand it more the more you kind of like notice the small details. But you don't got to. Mm-hmm. You can just kill monsters. You can just drift on through the game and just have fun beating whatever bosses you need to beat. You know, beat the game, beat the boss, the final boss, and you can just be like, oh, that's. That was pretty. That was cool. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I enjoyed myself, and that's totally fine. That was my first playthrough. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, when when I first played it, I since this is okay. One of the biggest draw points for me to play this game is how much inspiration this game took from Zelda, especially Link to the Past, oh. or or uh, and or Diablo, right? Uh, you can kind of see it on in the dungeon crawling and just moving about the world. Of course, the two D top down, whatever, right? The secrets. It's full of secrets, and that's one thing I love about Zelda. I love finding secrets. I love solving puzzles, and there's a whole bunch of that here. But the secrets mm-hmm. aren't. Like impossible, like early no, Zelda not at games. All. Early Zelda games, you get that big issue where like the the thing would be hidden uh, behind a wall that had no indicator right. that you were supposed to blow up the wall. So it's right. just like unless you knew the game or you're bombing literally every single wall in mm-hmm. existence, you'd never find this thing. This game does a little different. Sometimes you'll find this little like little cute, cute little cute little square, little square yeah. on the floor that's basically like, hey, there's something here. Yeah. Uh, hey. Check, 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 check over here. Or you'll find like a little area that's just like there's not enough bushes. And you're like, huh, oh, that's yeah, weird. sure. Or you'll find like an indent in the wall where like uh, just by the way the map is top down mm-hmm. and slightly angled, there could be a hallway there if you were like a little perceptive mm-hmm. enough to be like, oh, there could be a hallway there. And that's still going into the visual storytelling. It's showing you, hey, not only there is something deeper like the lore, but look. Look at how everything here is placed. Look how these things are shaped, or look how uh, things are scattered throughout. Figure out what you gotta do. Pay attention to what's around you. There is no dialogue in this game, other than like tutorial stuff like press Y to slash or whatever. There's nothing! Not a single word is said, and that's awesome! There's picture dialogue, which is super super cool! Yeah, yeah. Visual storytelling! When the dude's just like, one of the first people you come across is like this little like bird priest. uh, Right! Oh my god, yeah! And he's like, uh, and it's, all he says are three photos, which is <laughs> weird to say that he says photos. Saying pictures. There is a photo of the cult priesthood all gathered together in Holy Bird. In the hatchery. Uh, church stuff. Uh, and then there's the, uh, what's the boss for the North region? It's, uh... The North boss. The North boss. <laughs> the bird. And then the it's bird the, wizard. It's the North boss and everything up, <laughs> and then it's like everybody hiding away yeah. because the, bir- the bird North boss screwed everything up. Mm-hmm. And just from those three photos, you can already understand everything that happens there. Mm-hmm. But then you can also go exploring. And when you go exploring, you find out like, oh, what is that giant monster that's Dude, on the horizon? The Titans. The Titan. They're so cool. They're very 
Evangelion. Yeah. Oh, in, yeah. In but it's just all of this <laughs> stuff that's like, you can have enough at any point. Mm-hmm. But there's also more if you mm-hmm. want it, if, the, if, you, if you're willing to look for it. So um, let's pass the mic on to either Tatum or Joe. And you guys tell us your first impressions, I guess, on the game to whatever you know about it. I hate RPGs because of all the bullshit. This game doesn't have any bullshit. <laughs> oh my god. It's yes. so good. I like it. I know. <clears throat> I came to the table. I haven't played it. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to catch it while it was on sale. But I know the development cycle it went through. Mm. That's what I researched here. And it's very, very interesting. Um, I just like games that are like that. Although RPGs are just not my thing. You know? Right. But that's, this this isn't a. It's a not like an RPG, RPG where you're leveling up and you're yeah. choosing your uh, class and path down whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the RPG like one of those old school RPGs where it's kind of just. It, it really is just you have a sword and a gun, and you'll get some some upgrades that you can get to your sword and your gun. It's RPG it. in a sense of you like role playing. You are this character, right? You are this character going through this world. Not RPG in a sense of leveling up skills. Uh, um, new moves or whatever. It has stats. that, but it isn't like an overwhelming factor of it. Mm. If anything, that's something you do every quarter of the game unless oh, you want to Oh, sure, yeah. Because you go north, you do north, if you come you back want, to town. If you want. If you want. Wait. You can do whatever direction other than south when you first start. No, I yes. west. Well, east is also blocked off. No. I did east first. You did east first? I did east first. Isn't? But there's the arrows that block the way. That's for south. Is there not for... Okay. Not east. You can do east, west, and north. East, west, and north. I always follow <laughs> northwest, east, south. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, like... That's, I guess that's just that's me. That's the beauty of it. That's you just can, me. You can go in almost any order you want. Look. Okay. I... <laughs> this game is very similar to Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways. Okay? Breath of the Wild... Hey, no, no. no hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Okay. Not only in story, but a little bit gameplay-wise, okay? So in gameplay-wise, there's a lot of freedom. Not total freedom. There's a lot of freedom. You get to go, as soon as you start the game, pick one of the three directions, north, east, or west, and explore them to your heart's content. You can find every uh, power cell. You can find every uh, quarter to make those ye- uh, yellow dollars or whatever. Or just straight up boss rush. Or just, yeah, just go to the bosses. Who the hell cares? Doesn't matter. Do what you want. But what you do got to do to beat the game is get those at least four power cells from each direction, okay? Once you beat, um, I think you can either do, get to do at least two to get to go south, I'm pretty sure. And once you go south, here's not, not just one boss. There's four mini bosses that you got to beat to, uh, you know, finish or whatever. And then get your power cells. And then final boss. It's very short game, all right? So so I love the amount of freedom, okay? Uh, but what else I think is very similar to Breath of the Wild is my interpretation of the story, but we can get to that later. Okay. Um, yeah, Tatum, you, have, you got any thoughts on this one? Um, so I have never played it. Uh, I do not have the setup for that. I have a computer. I have a little Dell, and that's about it. Um, so when I searched it up, I thought something that was really cool. I'm a very visual person. I love neon colors and like pretty mm-hmm. settings and stuff like that. And that's what makes me like fall in love with games. And when I saw that was kind of almost like I want to say like an eight bit kind of feel with like all the neon colors and everything. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love games like that. And then also when I searched up 
uh, about the creator and how he had <laughs> like an illness and then he like kind of like voiced that into the game. Mm. I thought that was really really cool and really really fascinating because mm. I like games that have like a reason to be made or like a motive behind them by the creator mm -hmm. rather than just like I just wanted to make one because it was fun so I really like that those are my thoughts on it oh yeah uh, I, I especially dig the the whole like there's an there's a theme in the story of death even even uh -huh. there is of course the protagonist who this is the drifter, the, the drifter who who this kind of death arc that the uh, guy who made the game follows yep. uh, but there's death everywhere in this game mm. and in different ways there's the there's almost your mentor figure of the game the pink suit guy yeah the pink drifter the pink drifter the, he like the entire time that you see him, you're like, oh. He's so cool. He's so cool. <laughs> he's so badass. This guy, and also he's like my friend, yeah. and he's helping me out. But then, like, you start noticing as as each time you encounter him, he ain't doing so great yeah. each time. He has the same sickness as you have. Yeah. And then uh, one of the last times you run into him, he's just. The last time. The last time you run into him, he's just collapsed on the floor. Yeah, his his story, like his family uh, died probably through the same illness or just died because of this post-apocalyptic uh, setting. Um, the Anubis reached out to him and be like, hey, you got to stop. You got to stop the thing. You got to stop the big bad or whatever. And for him, it was a centipede. And for us, it's just like a big blob. Anyways, and he started getting corrupted and... He he he's further along than you are. That's why he's so badass and awesome. But also he dies. It's, just, it's like it's it's your Obi Wan to yeah. your Luke. It's the Obi Wan to your Luke, and and it's it's kind of sad for pictures, <laughs> for for being for, told through pictures, for pictures and pixel animation. Oh my is god, all we get from him, and yet he's one of the saddest stories in the game. The pixel animation, the pixel art and animation of this game, it's not like, it's not, it's so smooth, bright, beautiful, but it can get dark when it needs to, you know? Like, there's no, there's hardly any, like, choppy movements, you know? There's no, like, yeah, you know? It's nice and fluid, especially with, like, the drifter's cape and stuff. You know, when he's moving, it's not, so nice. And then it's also so just clean. every single character, it's, mm. or every single character, enemy, uh, creature, all of that. Beautifully done. They're, they're all first fitting. They yeah. fit into the setting from the zombie dudes to the giant crystal guys to the, <laughs> yeah. to it, the diamond heads. They, yeah. they all feel so fitting to this place. And yet, also, like they're so smooth in everything they do mm. that it's like it, you you don't think of them as like the crystal item. Yeah. You go like, oh shoot, there's a. Oh, I guess you still think. Of <laughs> oh shoot, big crystal monster! But but they're so like recognizable. Yeah. And they're also like you. They have patterns. Yes. And you start to recognize the patterns and work around the pattern. It's, it's all just like it's all simple stuff. It, any game like this should do these things. Yet it's all done. It's all executed well. Which so you cannot complain at all in that aspect of the game. Except for the like the standard Goomba of the game, the little goblin dudes. Uh, the you green. Know? Yeah, the green cat. Whatever well, the yeah. hell. Each direction of the game has their own unique set of enemies. And they have their own unique patterns. They have their own ways to kill you. But there's also some that are carried between places. Uh, the goblins, yeah. The goblins, the uh, the the gun dudes. Uh, I mean that. I think that falls into the same thing. Yeah, they're the same they, species. They, yeah, they look the same. They're the yeah. same. They they look like the same species. But I'm saying like the unique ones to the those areas. In the north, there's the birds. The birds. The birds. The, the, the sorcerers. The, bird the sweepers. 
Yeah. Uh, in the in the west, you have all the crystal stuff and the samurai dudes. Oh my god, they're so cool. Um, in the south, it's... the frogs. No, that's the east. Oh, I'm sorry. You said south. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I went. I did go in the wrong. <laughs> that's my bad. Uh, and then the south, you have a what? What is the unique of the south? I think the, the south, south is just a was mainly robots. I think. I think oh, it was mainly right. robots. Yeah, it's those like, three hit robots. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. And then the in the east are the frogs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like you, <clears throat> it, it brings this like diversity to it, but mm-hmm. also there's familiarity because you still, for the most most of the enemies will still be these green goblins. Yeah, those are like the main dudes. So it's not like you're un- you're having to learn all the time, but you will get new introduced so that you are always on your toes. Yeah. And. Uh, the combat fighting these guys is so nice. I so good. So when we were talking about this game, one of the times, yeah. uh, I remember mentioning to you, uh, it was after my first playthrough, mm. and I said, I like you were mentioning how you're having trouble in the game, and I was like, I don't really get it. I, I think don't... I was fighting one of the south bosses. I see the bone arrow guy. Yeah, I was, and I was like, so cool. I don't get it. <laughs> To me, this game is so easy. Sure. And you, we, we kind of talked about it a bit, and we came at an impasse. But then <clears> I re- realized, so what I was doing in that first run and also all the other runs, mm-hmm. um, I would try my best to figure out the most optimal ways to play this character. And there's a skill curve in this game because you yeah. start to learn things. Like, for example, I was going and I was slicing up uh, those zombie dudes. Yeah. You go and you're like, slice, 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 they're dead. They got three health, three mm-hmm. sword slices, it's fine. And then uh, I learned that the gunshot gets canceled by the sword swipe, which gets canceled by the gunshot. Mm -hmm. So you can go gun slice, gun slice, gun slice, and just Mm -hmm. melt almost anything. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to do is once I figured this out is a little after I unlocked the shotgun, Mm -hmm. and I started going up to bosses. The best gun, really. I started going up to bosses and just being like, slice shotgun, slice shotgun, slice shotgun, until I ran out of ammo. Did you upgrade the shotgun? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. And then it chunks like a half of their yeah. health in just like one little bit of thing so I figured that out because you're reloading while you're hitting that's so yeah. cool so that was one of the things that I figured out mm-hmm. just like as I play the game you learn these things that like make you more effective also uh, dashing twice you get the you unlock the ability where you can dash, chain dash. dash like infinitely so cool. <laughs> but if you get that and then just dash twice take like a ha- quarter second dash twice take a quarter second dash twice it is just as fast but you have more control mm-hmm. so I learned very that easy. that's cool and I learned that and then suddenly I'm flying through levels I'm not fighting yeah. half the people on the level because I'm just like see ya <laughs> you just, just look completely the way doing there. that just <sighs> drifting I, I don't know if that's what it's called like I don't know if drifters just are called drifters because they have that like skip ability like tracer or whatever but it's so freaking cool like visually like uh, and actually controlling it just feels so nice a lot of games will have this sort of it's the dodge mechanic right <laughs> right but it's dodge it's traversal but for me I think the main thing that makes this dodge mechanic satisfying one the fact that you will not get hurt during it but you will be punished if you get hit after it ends uh, which is great because like you can mm. you can dodge out of something and you're rewarded for dodging at a proper time. Mm. But if you're even a little bit off, you won't get slapped. You can get hurt by it, but if you get that dash upgrade, that the little shield. That's for projectiles. Yes. For uh, for melees, phys- really? For, for melees, never just, noticed. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, it's it's rare to be fair. fair. Uh, yeah. Usually, you're dashing before <laughs> someone's even you're close not, to you in the first yeah, place. You're right. Uh, it's more so for like if you want to stay just within range. Right. 
but still get out of the way kind right. of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just all these things that like as I played, you learned. So there's this aspect of it too, that like there isn't just I'm good at the game and it's over. Mm-hmm. It's I'm good at the game and there will be tricks for me to find that will make me better, whether it's finding the hidden routes to upgrade the paths or whatever. I played this game multiple times because it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And like uh, I'm not going to speed run it, but What'd also you play on uh, PC. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to speed run it, but at the same time... Did you use a controller? It is really fun to go as fast as possible. No, I played mouse and keyboard. Wow. Oh, no, this game is meant mouse and keyboard. Nah. 100%. I, Fight. I disagree. Fight about controller it. Controller is, is probably the best I way to play it. I rarely miss shots with the mouse and keyboard. Sure. Because I can just point at the guy I want to hit and click. Sure. And it's also because him. you're cracked. I am, I am cracked. <laughs> um, uh, legendary Eagle on CSGO. You're right. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you, it, for people who want that's like games that you can like learn more to get better and mm. better so you can see your progress getting better, this game has that. Mm-hmm. Which is not something a lot of single player indie games have. That's fair. And also this game just has like the ability to hey you want to sit down and chill out for like an hour and just like get in the zone you know kind of you're kind of brain dead but you're still paying attention because you got to and you can like you can literally it's, just vibe out it's not hard no but you can make it hard <laughs> that's true that and that's that's, that's part of the reason why i love it so much yeah um i also love it a lot for the soundtrack God. but in order but before we get to the soundtrack i have a game Okay. Um, oh, hey, that's called retention. <laughs> keep them, Stay tuned. Keep them here for the soundtrack. <laughs> so I have a game here. Okay. Uh, this one I w- meant to bring up while we were talking just indie games in general, oh, right, okay. but uh, we'll we'll dive backwards a little bit. So certain indie games can be hard to describe, like this one. Mm. Like if I were to describe Hyperlight Drifter, it's like, oh yeah, it's that. <laughs> that it's, Zelda. It's that, <laughs> Diablo. It's kind of like. But if you, <laughs> and so I gathered a list of a bunch of indie games that I felt could either purposefully be manipulated to have that feeling, uh, or just straight up are like that that they're impossible to describe. Mm. If anything, I'm just describing indie games here, and you're going to try to tell me who they, which they are. Most of you know most of these. Okay. If not, they are at least popular enough where you've you would have heard the so. name. Uh, so going first, and we'll just do first person to get it gets it. Exploring a world full of diverse creatures, you capture them in order to sell their poop. Oh, Slime Rancher. There you go. Slime Rancher. <laughs> poop was the word. Yep. <laughs> Keyword, poop. Uh, help your family using your tentacles. Octodad. Hey, Octodad. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was an indie game. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Game and rocks. It's popular. It, it is. It's actually a really fun game. Those, this is one of those old classic indie games that nobody really remembers because <laughs> it was so long ago. Uh, book club, but everyone's dangerously insecure. Dangorapa? Is that Doki Doki? Doki Doki oh, Literature damn. Club. Yep. Uh, I Dang. love how y'all are getting these. You were dangerous. <laughs> dangerously. <laughs> Navigate a quiet day at the office. This one's tough. Stanley Parable. Oh, you got oh it. my god, yeah! <laughs> good job! I love that game. That game is dope. So good. Dance your way through this techno cave dive. Techno cave dive? Dance your way... Is it this one? Is it Hyperlight Drifter? No. <laughs> Although, this one, because it's not really danceable, you know? The the dancing is within the fights. Oh, true. You're dancing around these enemies. Um, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm going to feel stupid when you say the answer. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't figure you'd get this one yet. Come on, it's man. It's Crypto the Necro Dancer. Oh my god, I love that game so much! What is wrong with me? You Apparently not. That apparently was gonna not, be my dude. second oh! Tatum, you got that? Good good for you. Yeah, I definitely. Points for Tatum. 50 points for Tatum. She's not in the lead. <laughs> I love that game so Jared much. Is actually mad. <laughs> I'm mad at myself. I am. Okay. Survive as a child while every adult around you tries to eat you. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Um, Little Nightmares. Yep. A mm. uh, little horror game. Yeah. Um, kind of in the same style as, like, Inside and Limbo and all that. Yeah. Uh, survive as a security guard while every machine around you tries to Five eat Nights you. at Freddy's. <laughs> there she goes. She got it. I, is it bad I was waiting for that one? <laughs> this one is in here for Tatum. Yeah! <laughs> Finally, represent. Five Nights at Freddy's. Survive depression and anxiety as you climb a mountain. Oh, Celeste. Yep. Oh, God. no, it could also be getting over it. It could be getting <laughs> over it. That oh. is true. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of that one. Okay. Oh, it's one of those games that, like... It's a rage game. Yeah, it's a rage game. You have to be flawless oh. all the way as you're climbing, and then oh, if you make one mistake, you fall all the way down. And and oh, my God. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I, yeah, I know it. This, that game is torture. <laughs> uh, explore a house as you learn about how each of your family members died. Is this Emily wants to play? No. Explore no. a house. Oh my god. Explore a house as you learn how each of your family members died. Freaking phasmophobia? No. Though that's kind of in the same vein. It's hmm. not your family members. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's very specific to your family members. This is What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, oh. my god. We did an episode on this one. Yeah. Or part of it. We episode. talked oh. a lot about it in, in a episode, yes. Uh, you are a normal cat. Stray. Oh, stray. 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 I love that game. Easy. It's so cute. You are a loud goose. Go- the untitled goose game. Yep. <laughs> you are a powerful goat. Goat simulator. <laughs> yeah. Can't you get a lightsaber in that game? You, yeah. You can get anything things. in that so game. Cool. You can be dead that mouse game. in that game. That's yes. so cool. Uh, you are a clumsy bean. Clumsy bean? Oh, you're talking about Fall Guys. Yes, sir. Oh. oh. That's. Uh, I'm giving you mayonnaise for the third time this week, mayonnaise. so you'll love me. Mayonnaise, the game. No, the, the I'm sorry. Tar- tar- jar tapping game. Are you, no, mayo. Are you talking like cookie clicker, but it's mayonnaise? No. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I don't know. What cookie you clicker haven't is. heard. <laughs> I I think you it's don't just know cookie mayo. clicker. It, what what is this? That's is the most popular indie game right there. Yeah. Cookie clicker. Everybody was Papa's playing. Papa's pizzeria. Don't get me started. Papa's freezeria. It's called My Name Is Mayo. Sorry. Ah, uh, no, this is not My Name is Mayo. I don't know then. But the game is, I'm giving you mayonnaise for the third time this week, so you'll love me. Mm. Is that what the no, thing it's called? No, no it's not oh, Okay, sorry. That, uh, this is Stardew Valley. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I you could have done so many descriptions for that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is not what everybody does in Stardew Valley. Um, I don't know. All I know is there's fishing and, yeah. Uh, uh, kill everyone in town because you lost your soul gambling. Cuphead. Cuphead. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, two more. This one. Win over woman in game to learn how to win over woman in real life. Honey pop. Nope. <laughs> Although that works. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> this one's uh, worse. I don't know. That w- it's worse? Yeah. Uh, is it the KFC dating sim? Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish. <laughs> that game was lit. Uh, this is Super Seducer. And I've by association, Super Seducer 2. Oh, you guys haven't heard about this? Uh-uh. Oh, I don't want to look it We're going to pause for a oh, second. Uh, so um, Super Seducer is a game made by this guy. I think he wants to try to teach nerds how to not be cringe on dates is his real reason. Good job. No, a noble cause. how it comes out makes him look like an idiot. Um, because oh, what he does is he makes this dating simulator game where it's, a, it's one of those... Um, 
It's one of those games where it's actually just video. Yeah. And then at a certain point, <laughs> oh. you choose which route oh. you want to go down. The description yeah. is Super Seducer is the world's most realistic s- seduction simulator. God. <laughs> yeah. Not even dating simulator. And so, just, uh, seduction. See, I think, yeah, right. m- and this is a conspiracy from me, okay. but I think this guy is doing this to make cring- nerds less cringe when they're doing things. Because, right, you see a game is called Super Seducer, and you're insecure, and you don't know how to seduce. And you're like, I guess I need that. And the entire game, is punishing you for choosing the extremely cringe options and rewarding you for choosing basic good dating options. That's oh. kind so, of hilarious. Okay. So, like, while <clears throat> most people meme on it because it's, like, so funny when you just, like, you go on a date and the first thing you do is tell your date how ugly she is, <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is to teach people that that's not okay. <laughs> Joe, I know who whose gift this is going to be for. Oh, uh, I think that's very like it's meant to be a real <laughs> dating simulator, right? Not just a comedy game. Like. Uh, it is definitely a comedy game, okay, but I think hard. part of it is also meant to be. It to I, probably there are quite a number of people who take it seriously. I want to read the reviews on it. It's, like, did not help me on my real date. Nine out of ten. She called oh, nine out of ten. Really? That's what the ratings are. The Steam user reviews must be hilarious. I want to read them. Uh, but moving on, uh, we move into our last indie game. I don't know if you guys are going to get this one, but I still wanted to include it. Mazes <clears> in the <throat> sky, mazes in the wall, mazes in the trees. Everything is a maze with the right perspective. Oh my gosh! I like that performance. <sighs> Thank you. I, I I'll nominate you <clears throat> for EGOT. Let's go. Uh. So, okay. I'm thinking of Towerfall Ascension because no. it's a maze, but it's like PvP maze. The, the, if you, you would know that immediately if you knew the game. I don't know. Uh, this is a game called The Witness. Okay. Um, hmm. it, okay, so y'all don't know about Witness. This is another. This is one of those also insanely cult classic indie games. It is entirely just labyrinth puzzles. You go up to a screen, you do a labyrinth puzzle. You go up oh, to a screen, you do a labyrinth puzzle. However, puzzle. However, uh, as you start playing the game, you notice that there are also puzzles, or these labyrinth puzzles, in the environment itself. Mm. You will look at a tree and at a specific angle and be like, oh, there's a starting dot here and a little squiggly line that goes through the tree. What What if I click that? And you click it and it glows, that little gap in the tree. And then you carry it through. And then you go to the end, and you solve the puzzle. Cool. And you're like, what? But there's no screen with the puzzle. That's just the actual environment. It's like if I saw a thing here, and I drew on the thing here, and I, it's like, good job, you did it. Hmm. So it, a part of the game is a puzzle of figuring out how to play these labyrinths. And then it becomes an aspect of finding these labyrinths <clears throat> just in the way the world is designed. Is That slide looks like it's here because it should be something. Let me look into it, and you make the... It's a really interesting puzzle game. It's super boring, but (laughs) for people who like puzzles, this is one of the most intriguing puzzle games I've ever come across. That's cool. Yeah. I love indie games. Oh, some of them are super creative. One of the ones I also wanted to include in here was uh, Super Liminal, uh, a game where uh, you pick up an object, and when you drop it, it becomes the size based off your perspective. Right? Oh, I know what you're talking about. So if this yeah. cup is right here by my face, if this it's cup huge. is right here by my face, it's big in comparison. Mm. Then for all the way over there it's and a tiny, little tiny. Like literally So tiny. if you get a staircase, a little toy staircase, yeah. and you just put it at the right angle really so close cool. to you, and then back up, it's suddenly a giant oh, that's staircase. So cool. Yeah, perception game, that's so cool. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, to, great game. Yeah, uh, back to Hyperlight Drift. Yeah, let's talk about the soundtrack. Yeah, retention. Uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> retention. Uh, the, the thanks music. to all of you who are still here. Yeah, right. We, we appreciate you. You're the real ones. Yeah. Uh, the music in this game. It's is beautiful. beautiful. It it knows when to, when to come in, when to leave. It's a lot of ambiance, techno synth, but like there's pianos and stuff too. Oh my god, it's for, gorgeous. For the most part, the music does two things in this game. Hmm. It relaxes you. Yes. Or it makes you extremely. Un- it, it, it's three things actually. One relaxes you. Two makes you uncomfortable. Three makes you extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. And there is. I would say th- tense. Ten, tense, yeah. Because, because I'm also thinking about I'm battle. putting that in uncomfortable. Gotcha. Um, but, like, I just, I love, mm-hmm. the reason why I want to highlight the soundtrack for this game is how it makes music terrifying. Yeah. Um, there were multiple moments in this game that, like, what made it scary wasn't the things I was seeing on screen, though mm-hmm. that contributed. But rather, it was this ringing in my ears and the the buildup of this tense, mm. loud music, and I fell in love with it. I'd be listening to the to the soundtrack of the game multiple times, and like it would get to these creepy parts, mm-hmm. and it would influence just the way I'm feeling. Like, I, I, so I put this uh, soundtrack on other games that I feel don't have as amazing soundtracks. It influences the way I think of the game. So I, one of the times I was playing Fallout Four. Okay. Um, and one of the like really creepy soundtracks came on, but like one that lasted for a long time. At the same time, I was in an area full of what's basically zombies in Fallout 4. Mm. That just most of them look dead, but some of them most of them are actually dead, but some of them are just acting like it. So I'm literally walking around these bodies, all like, okay, 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 and I just hear from the like the music going like and I'm freaking <laughs> out. And then suddenly you hear like and the music's loud enough to where I can't hear these zombies getting up. So then, they, like suddenly, I'm just like listening to this creepy music. And then I hear a blah, blah, and get hit. And I'm like, yes. ah! <laughs> it's you jump scared yourself. The music for Fallout Four does not scare me. Right. And there are certain points where it's even trying to, and it doesn't. But the music for this game makes me genuinely terrified, even when I'm just listening to it by itself. For a game that has no dialogue, that is heavily visual, almost entirely visual. It needs, needs a really good soundtrack that can drive the same emotions you need to feel in certain areas and certain uh, uh, places or whatever. That And that <clears throat> works to an extent with this game. It's it's amazing. Yeah. One of, one of these soundtracks I want to show to yeah. give you guys an idea of what I'm feeling in these moments is uh, one of the vignettes. So there are multiple soundtracks in this game that are really short mm-hmm. because of the memories that you have, those cutscenes in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is a vignette called, uh, I forget the name. Corruption. Corruption. And just as a preface, when I first listened to this, there's nothing in it that says this, but my brain just went spiders. Hmm. And I don't know why, but maybe you guys will get it once listening to this. (laughs) 
It's so good. Like That's it's so really good. Pretty right. I can I can see where is it the yeah right with the spiders. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like it's like I remember it's the first time I was listening to that. I was literally just like I paused it. <laughs> I, I reached over and hit my mouse. I was like no. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> I don't know. For me, just like this, it hits different. I, I get it. I get it. But like, it, I think that has a roller coaster of emotions. That one song. So like, night when it starts, like nice and pretty, and then it goes into that mm-hmm. dark kind of unsettling, and then the serene kind of comes back, but you still get that unsettling thing. It's weird. It's total. Isn't that from one of the? It's from one of the cutscenes. It's, like the it's early cutscenes, right? Yeah. yeah. So and I'm, I can see. That imagery of the drifter looking at that uh, the white power source, the white prism thing, right? And then when the starts happening, the corruption starts settling in and stuff like that, and it's perfect. Yeah, it, God, like you can you can kind of like even without playing this, you can kind of tell what it's trying to say yeah. in this music. Yeah, there's oh my God, storytelling yeah. in multiple different ways other than words. I love it. Yeah. This game does not tell you what the story is. Yeah. It shows you. Yeah. Uh, the, sa- the the track that really stood out to me, uh, not because it's like my favorite or whatever, it's like, it's, okay, setting up, you're going through the east, fighting all these frogs, seeing these frogs being slaughtered, or seeing the frogs slaughter the, this whole race of otters or whatever, and we see uh, throughout this area, uh, otter heads on sticks, um, s- their skin and just hung up and stuff, right? It's insane. Th- these frogs are brutal. And the final boss of the East is a giant frog, like half of it's covered in moss or tech or whatever. I don't know. It's very grotesque and stuff. And when you first see it, it immediately picks up an otter and just eats it and the blood splatters everywhere it's all up in his mouth and he wipes it and he's like let's go and here's the track dude this is this was one of the most stressful ones man really this this fight with this music the music's I, what makes it yeah, stressful for me like i like i was fine like i was super upgraded at this point there was right. no reason for me to be scared at all yeah when this fight started i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna die it's so like menacing like that um start to that music you know the or whatever and he just chomps on that thing you see you see the brutalness, I guess, from this one boss, he's not hard at all. Yeah. But, like, you're just already unsettled as soon as you stepped in and when he dies. Oh, so grotesque. You literally slice his stomach wide open. He's a fat-ass frog, too, and just his guts and blood, the orange blood starts pouring out, and oh, my God. For people who are unsettled by all oh. these things, it's also just pixel it's art. It's pixel art. So, so, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> just, just a heads up. Use your imagination. <laughs> oh but, yeah, that that's just something that really stuck For me, out to this me. one is how, like, I don't know if the right word is discordant, but, like, how discordant's off a good word. these notes are mm-hmm. to where they're so, like, metallic and mm-hmm. just, like, uh, it's it's not nice the way it it's sounds, a, yeah. but it also doesn't sound wrong. Yeah, it, it fits. Yeah, yeah. It's like those notes on a piano where it's like not a harmony, but it's like a devil harmony, oh. and it's like off. Have you heard that? Yeah, there's like the one uh, I play the piano, but not actually play the piano. I'm learning it. Uh, there's <laughs> there's where there's a where there's the four notes together. There's like the part where there's the three notes together. There's the part where the four mm-hmm. notes together on the piano. The four notes, if you go on the left one and the right one and hit it. 
It sounds awful. It sounds like a <laughs> or whatever. But that's an actual note. Like that is a note that they will use in music. Mm. Just it's to, you hide it amongst other things. Mm-hmm. But like, like that's that's the kind of thing that I'm getting here. Where it's like this note isn't supposed to sound good. Yeah, but it does. Yeah. Um, to finish off the episode, um, let's. Do you want to talk about like our interpretations of the story? Because yeah, sure. I want to. Well, yeah. here's a fun fact about this game. Originally, it was meant to come out in 2014, mm-hmm. but uh, due to the fact that Alex Preston, the main guy's Kickstarter, exceeded his goal by um, more than five hundred thousand dollars. Just a small. He just just a little <laughs> bit over. Just a little bit. Uh, he decided, you know what? I got all this money. I might as well give it back. You know, take my time. He was also dealing with his health issues oh at that time. Which, which which plays a vital part. Which plays a part into that game. And it delivered on the final product we know uh, three years later, 2016. Mm-hmm. Would you guys still have liked it if um, originally the scope would have been much smaller? So I assume that means one level per game. No, one like region per game. I, I think it would, it would have been a linear per game. Per game? Well, no. like Each game would be one area yes i think it i think what happens is that it would have been linear because the whole Mm. thing with this game is you go to a region you collect all the triangle pieces the triangle pieces you can go at whatever order you want and then you get to the boss and then there's even more triangle pieces if you want it Mm -hmm. probably if it was like that fast track thing it would have been linear it would have been you go get a piece go get a piece go get a piece and it's all in a it'll be more like collect a thon kind of just like your only goal is get these collectibles beat the game yeah or maybe the other alternative route is that there just isn't so much extra. Because in this mm-hmm. game, there is a lot of hidden stuff, mainly just for that like little extra secret that they have. Yeah. They have to go really far off to find. Um, but, like, wasn't necessary. Probably added a lot of work. Honestly, we probably wouldn't get a lot of the content we got in the Switch version, which is the definitive version. Um, all, like, the boss rushes, the extra dungeons and stuff like that. It, yeah, that's it not adds even a the whole PC lot. version. I know, yeah. So, we definitely would have would not have gotten that without this big uh, s- support from Kickstarter. So, was the question if we would still like it? Yeah, how would you feel if this game was a four, let's say, four installments of each level? Oh, God. Of each region, I should I say. I think... I think I'd still like it, but I'd be like, yeah, it's cool. I wouldn't be, like, gushing about it like we are now. It would be a great game, but, it like, it wouldn't be as great. I think I would probably still like it a lot because it would still have probably a lot of these aspects of the story, the music, all that. I just think it would feel short. Yeah. It's already a short game. It already feels short. You know? It doesn't feel like you're, like, I played the game, I think it's five hours to do a run. Speedrunners would be doing it in Speed, half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're, like, really taking your time, it, it, it can be a, a good maybe 10-hour game if you're, like, just going at it. Yeah. To, to 100% it, it took me around that long. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah. I also looked up where everything was. Mm. That, that, that's shorting your time by, like, half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but the story for uh, Alex Preston... Is is crazy. He has a congen- congenital con. I can't say the word. Congenital. Yes, heart disease, uh, and he's been hospitalized throughout his life, and um, 
he's always like looked to video games as uh, an exit for that and he found his own company called a heart machine because of his heart and um heavily based the air quote story of hyperlight drifter around this type of condition so um joe uh, tatum do you guys have any idea or any interpretation of the story by any chance um, like any idea like what happens in the story or sure. like any thoughts on it or anything? Yes. Or, um, I don't think I have any thoughts right now, but I definitely want to go home and from you guys talking about it, I want to play it. Mm-hmm. Which, because I'm, I'm not a gamer mm-hmm. person usually, so I it's feel like... It's not intensive. I feel like your computer could run it fine. Adele, like it, yeah. It, just is, it is a pixel game. It's <clears> not <throat> a lot to run a game like mm-hmm. that. I would be interested in trying. I do want to play it. It sounds like it sounds like it would be up my alley. Mm-hmm. My interpretation, it may be wrong, but based on my limited knowledge, there's no right answer. Uh, so the drifter, right? Your guy, he's trying to find his, a cure for his illness, right? But as he goes on, you start you focus less and less on that. I think it's a lot about the futility of trying to pro- prolong your life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Listen, what does having to kill a big-ass frog have to do with your heart condition, right? (laughs) (laughs) Man's doing side quests. Sure. Okay. Do you Uh, want to go next? Yeah. uh, I think it's... uh, Because I think doing what he needs to do kills him. Mm -hmm. So from my understanding of it, there is an apocalypse that happened, and he is a big part in dealing with it. The Titans... The the blood running down the walls and all that I like that he he is a part of that in some way and after it all he is hurt mm-hmm. um, by this corruption creature mm. thing and he's gonna die. The dog the Anubis, the Anubis yeah uh, is his sort of sign that like you you need to be the one to fix this still and I think as you go through the game it's this like he. Like, he wants... He's doing it, but there's no real reason as to why he's doing it because there's no real reason to do anything in a time like this. Mm. And so he does it. He solves the problems, but he's never... He kills the bosses. He gets the the triangles. He goes to the corruption. He kills the corruption. There's never any point in this where it's like you choose to do a thing. Mm -hmm. So my... It it could just be... Because that's the way the game's designed, but my interpretation of that is that, like... He has to do this for one reason or another. Okay. And in the end, when he kills the thing, it also kills him because of the corruption, I guess, in a way, was the only reason why he was alive. Mm-hmm. He, As soon as he kills the thing, the whole place crumbles. He walks out a little bit and dies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he's, like, it's this, like, I'm just doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. Fight, uh, finishing what I started kind of thing. Mm. Um, so you think he was around before the... Titans yeah, because there's that destroyed cut everything. There's that cutscene in the beginning where he's on top of the hill and the cu- then the, the Titans, Titans are in front there, of him. the faces. Yeah. yeah. So like mm-hmm. that's that's me being like he was there when this started. Okay. Um, Titans to me, I think, are what started all of this mess. Okay. Uh, it's what it seems like just based off of like the damage to the mountain with the the, the north the guy side hold, holding it, yeah. holding the side of it. Also, there's another Titan I think to the west. There's a Titan everywhere. Oh, the, each direction. Yeah. So so each Titan is kind of in a spot that's like. Almost attacking, it looks right. like the the one climbing the mountain. God, um, so like I think it's something where like these titans were taken down. He's injured as a result of it, mm-hmm. but it's not 
over mm-hmm. until he kills this thing, yet this thing's also the reason why he's alive. Interesting. Okay. That, and then uh, he has to end up killing the thing, also ends up having to kill himself. Right. My version, or my interpretation of the story is, um, like, before the apocalypse happened, these four races from these four directions um, worshipped this Anubis god, right? And they all wanted to come together, and ha- and they have this power source, like, their own individual power sources, so that's why they're all holding, like, a, a rectangle or whatever in the picture. And they try to combine what they have put together to have a world of unity and peace or whatever and also to worship this Anubis god but something goes wrong I don't know what and somehow this power source gets corrupted and um, I think um, these four um, uh, civilization these four species uh, built um, these titans to fight this corruption, but the corruption corrupted the Titans and turned in against these species, and each one of them had to fight off their given Titans. And so, like, the in, in the east, I'm sorry, in the west, uh, these cat-bear people uh, use, like, a diamond gun to kill their Titan or whatever, and that's why everything's, like, Freeze all diamond head and stuff. Yeah, whatever, you know? Uh, they all had to do their own thing to kill their Titans. And um, that's and I think because of that, because of all this energy, this this whole fighting, this whole war against these titans, everything just like got wasted. That's where I'm the thinking, apocalypse happened. They, they get weak after, yeah. And then those factions that you end up having to kill the bosses of come in, yeah. Because yeah. like in the West, the the boss is the leader of these uh, gun dudes, sure. Um, the samurai dudes. Sure. Uh, in the north, it's the leader of these bird dudes. Mm-hmm. In the what, east, it's the leader of the frog dudes. Mm-hmm. In the south, it's... the lizard dudes. Uh, well, it's robots. Yeah, it, but they're, they're also lizard people. But th- I was going to get to that. I think these lizard people specifically are very technologically advanced compared to everybody else. So they have these robots... They created these robots to maybe fight against these titans. But of course that doesn't go right because corruption corrupts. <laughs> and they then those robots got turned against them. And you know, that just helps the corruption win, and that's why it's just all post-apocalyptic. Something I was always thinking is like, you know how the robots hide in the, the ground ba- or whatever. The batteries oh, yeah. that you have to get. Um, oh yeah. And how you have to get those to get to the boss. Yeah. Um, my mentality is, is whoever made those ma- made them intentionally to sab- to sabotage slash protection. Oh, sure. Because like, why else would like you a, like have a something? Disgu- why else would you have something disguise itself as a battery if not to stop people from getting the battery? Right. Um, yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Um, but, so maybe the lizard people were the ones who started it all. Maybe. Yeah. And, and down there, like in the underground, the techno underground where the lizard people are, the south, you see like these giant eyes, the giant heart. They're tied in there with like construction bridges across his face. They're building some they nasty probably, shit. They probably built the four titans to begin with. And they're like, here, peace. Let's all have one or whatever. I don't freaking know. And then they fucked it up. And yeah, I don't, like... And after, like, this big explosion, after all that war, I think the Anubis was like, all right, this ain't right. I got to do something about it. Let's create this drifter dude. And the Anubis leads the drifter to, you know, 
fight this corruption, but he gets corrupted himself. And throughout this entire journey, he's fighting off this sickness. He does the deed, but then succumbs to it. Yeah. But yet still saves the world. Mm-hmm. I like your take. It's Like I said earlier, I think... To me, to simplify it, is very similar to Breath of the Wild. So, like, this corruption is this malice, I guess the four the, titans, yeah. the, 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 um, the beast or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of how I see it, in, in a way. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. No, I see it as well. Um, I love this game. Hyper Light Breaker. I want to talk about it just a little bit. They're making a new game. I'm feeling skeptical. Yeah. It's Did you see that trailer? It's a sequel to the Hyperlight Drifter, but not a direct sequel because this story, Drifter, is done, but is in the same world Breaker is. Yeah. Uh, what I'm worried about in this is just that it's a different direction. Okay. And when you take it, di- like I think it's good to take a different direction in 3D and in aspects. I think it's also a lot more open world. Okay. Um, my, I see. My worry is that this development company hasn't made anything like this. Right. So... Well, actually, no. Solar Ash. It's their second game. It's within the same Drifter world. Um, It's 3D, but very platform-based. Yeah, but it is also very... How do I want to say? Open. Yes, it is. Hyperlight Drifter is not... There's a lot of movement and stuff, yeah. It's just a lot of vast empty. Right. Um, Right. uh, At least from what I saw in, like, trailer photos and stuff, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Whereas Hyperlight Drifter is very compact. Everything is within a small thing, and that takes a lot more time to make and also a lot more foresight. I see. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. saying we don't know if they can do it. I'm very excited, though. I am that, excited, too. That, that animation trailer, beautiful. The animation trailer beautiful. is beautiful. But that's always what they do to get your hype. <laughs> they're always like, Overwatch did the same thing where they're like, you're oh, right. my gosh, look at all these insanely cool animated trailers. And you're like, wow, so that's the game? They're like, no. But uh, if there has been an, a limited animated television series based on Drifter oh, announced. Uh, it was announced in 2019 in March. So if it's anything looking like that trailer, I'm down. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's we're going to leave it off. Sure. Yeah, all right. That's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Razzadazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to... Listen to this episode on the Live365 app, Eagle Radio Station, where you can actually hear the OST of Hyperlight Drifter play on through this entire episode. So go check that out. We'll catch you on the next one. Heart Machine, send us those codes for early access for Hyperlight Breaker. We'll catch you on the next one. Welcome to Razzle Dazzle. Oh, no, I voice cracked. <laughs> hey, guys. Razzle Dazzle. I, <laughs> he counted down to his middle finger, and I laughed, and then I just... You were counting so slow. How quickly does time pass in your mind? You were like... <laughs> you were so slow. Well, in actual, like, technical reason why is just to have enough silence or room noise in the recording so I can take it out of it later. Or it slap so it slow. into other spar- spots. Sparts. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready now.